a listener production. So, um, it turns out going zero waste is actually very hard. Um, um, I feel like I'm losing my dignity, honestly. Same way I lost Zoe's umbilical cord. (laughs) It just fell off a few days ago and now I'm worried about where it is. It's, um, undiscovered. Probably between the cushions and the couch. This is Zero Waste Baby. Zero Waste Baby. I'm Veronica Milsom. You might have heard my voice before, hosting the radio on Triple J. But now you probably just overhear it while I walk the streets, pushing the pram, psyching myself up to stay awake in between Zoe's nap. Oh, Zoe's my baby. She's my non-consenting partner in crime in my quest to raise her using zero waste for the first three months of her life. That means I'm avoiding all the disposable stuff to do my bit for the environment so I can sleep at night. Except, of course, I have a newborn, so I can't actually sleep at night. So right now, I'm still trying to work out how to deal with all the waste that came out of me when my baby slid into the world. And if you've only ever seen someone giving birth in a rom-com, you won't know what I'm talking about. If, for whatever tragic reason, you don't yet know much about natural births, here's a quick explainer. A natural birth is like that river of slime scene in Ghostbusters, combined with the alien bursting out the stomach scene from Alien, only it's not the stomach it's coming out of. After the baby's pushed out, the placenta is eventually squeezed from you like a tube of toothpaste, where your stomach is the tube that's being pushed on, or you can push it out, but most women opt to be squeezed by someone else. Then you get a chance to take it home with you, which you also surprisingly don't see in the movies because apparently taking home a sloppy slab of your own meat isn't sexy enough for Hollywood. Go figure. But let's rewind a week and go back to the scene after Zoe's birth when I was quizzing my midwife, Karen. Um, how would you rate my birth performance? Oh, 110%. (laughs) So good. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, that's very kind of you to say. Thank oh, you. Well, you were incredible. You barely made a noise the whole time. Oh, oh God. Worst um, time of my life so far. But thanks for being involved. It's <laughs> all right. My pleasure. You did so much. I like Karen. I actually only met her at 8 o'clock on the night I gave birth. Zoe came out at midnight and I was gone the next morning at 10 a.m. With Zoe. I didn't just flee the scene. And I really do feel like Karen and I connected. The whole encounter lasted as long as a one-night stand, really, but it felt like more of a long-term relationship. I think it's because she saw me at my most vulnerable. Oh, oh, it's coming now. But I do think that Karen was pretty confused about why all my questions as soon as I had given birth were about waste and afterbirth instead of my new baby. And what do people usually ask to keep their placenta for? So the two main things that we see in the birth centre is placental encapsulation. That's when the placenta is taken, dried out and turned into capsules. Mm -hmm. The other thing um, that's very cultural is you bury the placenta under a plant and it's supposed to bring good health and luck to your family. Mm. Okay, so far my options are placenta encapsulation or bury it under a tree for good luck. I do wonder what my parents did with mine. My dad, Big Mills, already admitted he's not very environmentally friendly. I wonder if Big Mill knows what happened to my placenta. I don't know if you heard in the first episode 
I um, talk about how you're the sort of person who just feels comfortable ball tapping someone else, like how you did that to one of my um, boyfriends at my 21st. No, that's fine because it's true. (laughs) Okay. It can't be defamation if it's true. Correct. So what did you and mum do with my placenta when I was born? Um, I've got absolutely no idea. We could have thrown it to the wolves for all I know. I think the hospital kept it. <laughs> okay, like they incinerated it. That's what they do with most people's. I, I think, or they buried it in the in the gardens at the hospital. I've got no idea. All, all I know is I didn't want it. Why? It'd be it'd be like having um, what's that Scottish dish? Oh yeah, um, um, haggis. Haggis. It'd be like having haggis in you. Oh, and I've tried that. It's disgusting. <laughs> So this is the thing. Like, I'm thinking about eating my placenta. Did you even know that, like, reusing a placenta by eating it was a thing at the time in the 80s? I think it's not a thing of the 80s. It wasn't a thing of the 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s. It was, uh, chuck the thing away, get rid of it. So, okay, you you didn't know anyone who did it, none of your friends? Never heard about it, ever. It's It's big news to me. But I even feel like mum was kind of a hippie. Like, you guys smoked weed sometimes and stuff, didn't you? No, I smoked weed once and I couldn't find my way out of the toilet, so I didn't want to do it ever again. <laughs> I've never been that drunk. <laughs> okay. Um, so, basically, as I was mentioning to you, um, placentas do get incinerated. Yeah. And so does, like, all of the medical waste that comes out of you when you give birth. Yeah. Like, do do you think there is a, a good way that you can use any of the muck that comes out of you after birth? Oh, you could probably be really terrific in the veggie garden. Hmm. If you mush it up and spread it around, it's be no different to all the other things you put into a veggie garden that's sort of animal waste. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, and you, you always made us um, piss on the lemon tree. I guess it's similar. Yeah, we've never grown one stinking lemon ever. Because <laughs> we pissed on it? I think we got the wrong piss. I don't even properly get that joke, but I laughed anyway because it's Big Mill and he's great. And despite what he reckons about eating it, I want to give it a crack. Then again, you know, I would think that. It's my MO. If I see a crumb on the floor, I'll usually opt for eating it over taking to the rubbish. Sure, it makes me like a walking garbage bin, but I've made peace with that. On top of the fact that it helps me on my way to creating a zero-waste baby, I'm also feeling greedy. If anyone's going to reap the benefits of this thing I painstakingly made for nine months, it's going to be me. And I'm discovering there are plenty of doulas and midwives who can make a placenta edible. So I went straight to the top and tracked down a super popular doula who's in hot demand. This time a week ago, I just finished a week of having six placentas in five days. See, I told you she was in demand. Meet Virginia Maddock. She's my age-ish and how would I describe her? Very earthy. She's pretty much a one-stop baby shop. Hello. Hi. How are you going? Good. Veronica. Not only is she a placenta encapsulator, her CV also lists like herbalist, photographer, massage therapist, skateboarding instructor and baby spinner. As in, she helps spin them around in utero when they're the right side up, which is actually the wrong side up for a baby. You know what I mean? Anyway. She runs the whole thing out the back of her house on a cute little cul-de-sac in the Shire in Sydney. So I love it when people are late because it's like, oh, I get to do my last minute, whatever. Yeah, totally. I've rocked up, sweaty and anxious, running late as usual, juggling a microphone, baby and all the baby-related crap you need when you leave the house. Do you need to do anything with her? 
well, I kind of do need to feed her, but I also don't want to push. In there. I don't want to push my luck because I no, it's okay. I hate breastfeeding in public. I'm awkward and fumbly. Apparently, my tiny nipples point the wrong way. Anyway, Virginia must be a true professional at it because she breastfed her son till he was four. And I thought it was going to be like this massive big deal for him to give it up. And I was like. Um, planning on like having a weaning party, we're gonna have a booby cake, and just to kind of soften the blow for him. Yeah. And then like the night before I was going to wean him, he goes, uh, uh, "Okay, I've had enough now." And I'm yeah. like, "Oh." You didn't do the one last hurrah. Oh, I did the one last har- oh. hurrah, but I didn't need to do anything else. Yeah. Like you know, have the celebration or anything. It was just that's it. I'm done. The booby cake. Booby cake yeah. sounds like something you'd find at a bachelor party, but I did look it up. According to the internet. Weaning parties are real things people do. They're parties for a kid to celebrate the end of breastfeeding. The people that do that are probably the sort of people who have divorce parties too. You know, they're just looking for a reason to celebrate. Anyway, eventually we get to the placenta butchery room, which also doubles as her laundry. So you've got down some sort of um, plastic blue sheet, which Mm -hmm. I guess is for sanitary reasons? Yep, yep. That's when Virginia whips out a container and pulls out the delicious feast. Today's placenta. It's from one of her doula clients who gave birth yesterday and it's ready to be sliced and diced. It looks like a sloshy, bright red sponge, about the size of two fists, I'd say. That one's a bit smaller than mine. Not that I'm bragging or anything, (laughs) but that looks like it's from a small lady, not a big girl like me. The process is pretty raw. I'm experiencing this all for the first time and I didn't get the memo about wearing a mask and a long white plastic apron. You know the kind someone wears when they're doing an autopsy, CSI style? And I'm wondering why all the clothes coverage? Because it will get splatty? Is that what we're imagining? Um, no, it doesn't tend to get too splatty, but you just don't want to be too careful. Yeah. So I'm being very, very careful just by keeping a generous distance from the action. Although this being a laundry, there's not a lot of distance going around. Who would have thought going zero waste would involve such a messy process? She might make a mess, but Virginia is a three-hat placenta chef and can serve it up in a whole heap of wild ways for all dietary requirements. I did have one dad once who requested some placenta jerky. <gasps> so I did give him a piece of the placenta. Unfortunately, I overcooked it so it was, like, crispy, not chewy. Oh. But um, apparently he told me later that he did, like, eat it and um, wash it down with a beer. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, probably the most strangest request. But I, I do occasionally do placenta smoothies, She's quite um, hypnotic turn. and relaxing do, to watch. Um, you know, once you rid your mind of the image of the dad munching on crispy dried placenta. She seems to have like a really deep respect for the placenta. Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, because I kind of think about how this has grown alongside the baby and it's, it's just kept it alive for all that time. Hmm. And I just find it really... Um, just really sad that the default is that they get thrown away and incinerated as medical waste. Yeah. And that people are so disgusted by them. Sorry, that's a little bit me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to change. <laughs> and I kind of am changing along my zero waste journey, or at least being desensitised, because Virginia doesn't handle it like gross human meat. She handles it like it's as precious as the baby it kept alive. Well, I mean, that's until she starts slicing it with a meat cleaver. Then it feels meaty again. So after the placenta is sliced up, 
it gets dried up. And then you grind them up in, in what? In a Nutribullet. <laughs> Makes sense, I guess, before it gets encapsulated and ready to eat. But the umbilical cord will be put to good use too, made into a kind of ornament, I think. So right now I'm just arranging the cord into a shape. I'm going to make it into a love heart shape, but because it's quite long, I'm just kind of doing it a bit more artsy. <laughs> oh, wow. And why are you making this into a funny shape? Oh, it's just one of the um, complimentary extras I do. <laughs> but so that means it'll dry in this shape and then yes. what do people do with it? Make it into jewellery or something? No. I'll show you. Um... She gets out something that looks a bit like tree wax. Here's one I prepared earlier. A, a yellow tinged transparent ring about the size of my palm. So oh, that, wowie. That I've done in the shape of a circle with the resin on it and you can see all the veins and everything. Oh, my gosh. So, I just thought that that was, um, yeah, it looks like it would be delicious, like candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. So um, It looks not, like it's made of sugar. Yeah, it does a bit. I'm actually going to make this one into a dream catcher for someone. Ah, mm. okay. I yeah. see. Umbilical cord dream catchers. I mean, beautiful to some, truly a thing of nightmares for others. I left Virginia's house with a whole heap to think about. Maybe encapsulating some of my insides and turning the rest into art could be the right way of using my birth waste. I mean, my two-year-old Lila could certainly use some new inspiration for craft time. But when it comes to cooking up my placenta unencapsulated, there is something that my friend Alex, who's an obstetrics and gynaecology doctor, told me that I just couldn't stop thinking about. Would you ever eat the placenta? <sighs> Look, I... Without giving away too much gross details, I know what happens to them. So I, you know, I I would be far too concerned about infection oh. to to eat it. What do you mean by that? Well, I think um, you've had babies. Birth's messy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so it's the grossness once it comes out, and then you're like. So, so placenta is, if you think about it, you know, you drag it through a vagina. Yep. Um, if the waters have been broken for a while, there's, there's bugs that sort of climb up the vagina into the uterus. Uh-huh. If there's been examinations in labour, they're all sort of, they're all sort of a pathway for, for pathogens to, to touch the placenta. Then it generally sits in a dish for a while while the yep. midwife's yep. cleaning up the mess. So by the time the placenta actually, you know, gets into a fridge. Mm-hmm. It's been handled by multiple people. It's been sitting in room air. Um, and and I don't think I'd, I'd be confident that, that all those bugs would be gone by the time it... But what if you cooked it into a dish? If it cooked it into a dish? Um, I don't know. High, very high heat. I think the issue with... So, um, yeah, it turns out there's quite a few articles online about why you shouldn't eat your placenta pointing to circumstances where either the mum or baby got sick. But there's also a heap of anecdotal evidence from mums about why it's so great. Placenta Encapsulator Virginia even has stories of mums who go mad for it. Yeah, I actually remember one woman saying that she felt like just stalking the hospital doors, just asking for other people's placentas when her own pills had run out because she just felt so good on them. So She's a junkie. Yeah. Imagine if there was a black market for them. There probably is. Probably, yeah. (laughs) 
Mm. Virginia's yeah seems unconvincing, like she knows there's an illegal placenta trade. Damn it. Now there's another option for what I can do with it to avoid it going to waste. It's exactly what I don't need. More choices. God. You know what? Curiosity's got the better of me, and I think I just have to throw that hunk of flesh into a fry pan and see how it goes. So I prep our kitchen, not quite as well as Virginia taught me, just by laying down a few old towels. And I invite my husband, Nick, to join in the cook-up. Wow. I feel like if we were on a desert island and I had to do, like, some desert island... We're watching a lot of Lost. Yeah, we're watching Lost. We're totally... (laughs) And I I don't like Lost, but if there was no Jack on the island, I could reckon I could do some desert island surgery if I had to. God, it wouldn't be worth being there unless Jack was there. Damn. Matthew Fox. Nick and I have been together for 10 years. He's pretty much seen every side of me. And now is his chance to see my insides too. Lucky him. Uh, firstly, can I say thank you so much for agreeing to be involved with this and, um, you know, just being so enthusiastic about it. Don't reveal it yet. Uh, Nick was about to open up the Tupperware containing the placenta, which we have not looked at since I gave birth. Do you remember what it looks like, Nick? I remember it's, yeah, it's vividly imprinted in my mind. Uh, and what do you recall? It looks like a very, very, like, bloody steak with a lot of, like, sinewy grey skin on it. Okay, so Nick knows nothing about meat. He's been a vegetarian for, like, two decades, so the worst he's dealt with is, like, an undercooked lentil burger. Cooking a human organ is really stepping it up. And as a vegetarian, how does that make you feel? Uh, Look, I always said that if an animal could give its permission, then potentially I'd probably eat more meat. Or if a human was like, hey, have a, have a cut of a rump, you're technically giving permission to eat this. So I guess I'm okay with it. Oh my God, really? That's... I don't say I'm going to eat it. But I'm you not... are going to cook it as a vegetarian. Well, I'll cook it because you're making me cook it. So what are we making? I was going to make a lasagna, but then I couldn't hack the idea of cheese on top of human meat. So then I was thinking pizza because I'd seen someone do a recipe and it seemed to work. There's cheese on pizza. Yeah, I then realised that. And so now I'm thinking, um, let me reveal to you something I've defrosted. Uh-huh. What, are you going to make a sausage roll? Yes. Yes, that's right. It's time for a plus sausage roll. Let's do it. All right, we've got a big cleaver here. So do I need that? But So you want me to make a sausage out of this? No. What do you mean? You don't make sausages to put in sausage rolls. You just make some sort of... Okay. Okay. So, um... Don't don't say it like that. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I've never cooked placenta before. Okay. Let's have a look. Okay. I'm opening it and... (gasps) Oh, it doesn't look that bad. That is disgusting. That is actually so disgusting. That's right. They put it in a Ziploc bag for us. See, it's really... Look, it looks like a really juicy steak. There's heaps of blood. I'm it looks so like, squeamish about blood. I feel it's cold. Oh, yuck. At least that's better than hot, I reckon. Yeah. If it was really... <laughs> well, it's going to get hot eventually. That's so what happens when you cook it. The umbilical cord is in there. This does feel very animal. Oh, that is the umbilical yeah, cord. Yuck. Yeah, right. That you see what I mean? See, it's got all this, like, white... Like, the fat you usually trim off a steak when you before you cook it. But what is that? Is that fat? Probably. Or membrane... I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. But look how bloody it is. That is so disgusting. This though. is that the is thing my that kept Zoe alive for nine months. And now she's just sitting her. in the corner asleep and she's just going to smell her placenta cooking. Should we cooking. take a photo of them next to one another? 
Nick's joking, we didn't. And Zoe having to smell it cooking did seem like it would have been a little bit weird for her, but honestly, it was pretty weird for me too. And in the pit of my stomach, I felt like this whole thing was really wrong and I started to get a bit agitated. Don't flick that up in a bad, like he's cutting it in a way that no... It's so hard, I don't know how else to do it. I really need a pair of scissors. Don't, we're not ruining anything else. I almost, yeah, I feel like... It's so anti-zero waste, but I want to chop, like, just chuck everything out. I'm going to have to, like, pick this up. There's too much blood on Lila's splash placemat thing and chuck and drain it into the sink. Okay. Otherwise, it's going to yeah. go everywhere. Oh, God. Oh, oh Three, God. One. Just don't get it on the floor. Okay. Ha! See, like, when Lila says, what do you guys do when I'm at childcare? This is it. <laughs> I'm doing the joke thing to make it all seem okay, but it does not seem very okay. Okay, ready? In it goes into the hot pan. Okay, so it's happening, actually happening. And it has to. It's like those fitness bloggers post on Instagram. What doesn't challenge you won't change you. This challenges me. It is so strange to see a part of yourself slapped into an oil-covered sizzling pan like a piece of bacon. Well, let's just not use our wooden stuff. Let's just use... No, don't use the wooden stuff. So it's cooked up to be black, which is exactly what happens with kangaroo meat too, like a very dark brown. And weirdly, the thing I was dreading most, the cooking, actually makes this whole situation better. How do I know if it's cooked through? Yeah, that's done. That is absolutely done. Yep. Then again, what if it... Oh, it's whistling. Oh, it's still that's too juicy. Look at all that juice. Yeah, but that's what a steak is like. Oh, that's true. Yeah, what do you want? Medium? Rare? Definitely not rare. No. Yeah. Oh, it's starting to smell really pungent now. Yeah, it is foul. Oof. I reckon we stop cooking. I feel sick. Okay. <laughs> now, I don't imagine you'll be surprised to hear we didn't use a recipe here, but just in case you're wondering, we combined the chopped up and cooked placenta with some eggs, lentils, rolled oats and grated zucchini, then we rolled it into a delicious pastry, hoping it would do some of the heavy lifting flavour-wise. All right, that's done. Then we whacked it in the oven. So, yeah, it looks like kangaroo meat and it smells like it too. Just gamey, you know? Even Zoe, who's delicately sleeping in her little pram in the corner, started to get a whiff of the waste that once kept her alive. So, Zoe's. Oh, she's starting to wake up. I'm so sorry, Bubba. Do you have anything to say about it? Oh, she does. She had something to say. So while that's going, I'm going to do start the clean-up here. Okay, we need some, like, pretty hectic cleaning agent. Do you want me to... So that got me thinking. The whole objective here is to use the excess bodily muck that comes with the birth and not let it go to waste, right? So what if I didn't eat it but still found a use for it and got someone else to eat it? In a fully consensual way, of course. I look at my diary and see that I have a dinner planned the very next night with the perfect candidate, Australia's coolest and most relaxed, fun-loving guy, my old radio buddy, Lewis Hobber. Okay, so we've come over to Lewis's place for dinner and his partner, Alex, who you met before, our resident podcast OBGYN, is here too. It's lovely to begin with. And then I bring up the placenta. Um, amazing. Well, so the one thing I did want to say was that um, 
You know how you were talking about like cooking the placenta? You're talking to me? <laughs> oh, yuck. <laughs> no. Yuck. Go away. No. No. <laughs> Are you f***ing serious? It's not, is it? I made a placosage roll. A what? That's cruel. Oh You're God, a freak. Yuck. It looks like rotty. <laughs> Oh, it's crummy all over our table! Put it back! <laughs> Yuck! Into a sausage roll today. Oh. Is, that, is that real? Oh. Um, when... You're a f***ing mess! He's always looking what at that going... What happened to you? What happened to you as a child that made you like this? Yuck! I just want to know that when you were... Exactly when you were birthing your baby... Yeah. Were you thinking I'm going to make a what did you call it? Plus sausage a roll. Plus sausage roll. No, I wanted to make a lasagna, but I freaked out. I freaked out about uh-huh. the cheese. Uh-huh. <laughs> the bechamel was your problem, not the <laughs> placenta. Um, okay, I'm so fascinated by this. Tell me. Um, so I did it this tell afternoon. Me the, tell me the thought process. Oh, and then the recipe. I mean, obviously for the podcast, <laughs> um, to eat the waste. Oh. Right? Like to like eat as in a no waste, waste. Zero waste baby. Um I that do you know what that that's actually not like having having worked a lot in places where people often eat their placentas <laughs> and you know, bury their placentas. I've not ever heard as zero waste being a Motivation. Um, a motivation for it. Oh, yeah. No, well, that's the first. first one. I actually was I'm can I just say I'm so disgusted by this. It's seasoned. Um oh. How did you feel salt and pepper in your center? <laughs> Pretty right. Adding like chili flakes. So, I think it's going really well now. Alex is definitely impressed and I think there's a slim chance Lewis might eat it. So I put the perfectly cooked plus sausage roll just a little bit closer to him. Yuck, it's black. It what turns black. Yeah, it's bloody. It's a f***ing haggis <laughs> sausage roll. It's just the offal of your f***ing baby. Yuck. <laughs> it's so f***ing. Zoe, don't listen. It's not awful. Oh, does not agree. <laughs> Yuck. Okay, I want to be offended by his disgust. I know Virginia would be. After all, I am trying to save the planet here by reusing my own bodily waste, Lewis. You could sell that to some freak on the internet. (gasps) Do you reckon? Yeah, for sure. And then you should send whoever buys it and get their name and send it to the AFP. Because they need to go to prison. (laughs) Okay, that feels like a definitive no from Lewis then. But either way, I still think it was a kind gesture by me. My mum always said it's nice to bring some food over when you're a guest at someone's house. So maybe I'll just leave it in the fridge as a, like a midnight snack or something. I probably just shocked him with it. I reckon he'll warm to the idea. Oh, well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I simultaneously managed to stay on plan for my zero-waste baby without having to actually consume my own waste. Win-win! Coming up next episode, I ask War on Waste's Craig Rucastle to help me with my next mission avoiding using disposable nappies. But his opinion on the matter is very unexpected. Look, I must admit, I, I'm very scared that I'm doing this podcast because I know that saying this 
Yeah, I'm in great danger now. <laughs> if, if, you don't, if you don't say cloth nappies are the way to go, it's, you know, it's controversial. Yeah, you're going to be run over by prams. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. That's next time on Zero Waste Baby. And if you hit subscribe on this podcast, then you'll get a free notification every time I release a new episode. And while I still have you, if you liked it, please give it five stars and recommend it to a friend. If you didn't like it, don't say anything. Zero Waste Baby was written and presented by Veronica Milsom. Script consultation and original music by James Milsom, my brother. Editing assistance by Lindsay Green and audio production by Darcy Thompson. Jennifer Goggin was the executive producer. Also, she helped her write this. Also, she edited it. She did a lot of the things and she's put a gun to my head. She's making me say this. Listener.